Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. If you would turn in your Bible, if you don't have a Bible, you can get one out of the pew in front of you. It's a burgundy Bible. If you don't have a Bible, that's our gift to you. Um, And turn to Romans 12. Romans 12. We're starting a new series today on serving, and and we're going to start right here in Romans 12. We'll be in Psalms next week. Um, But as a pastor, my heart is heavy today for um, our nation, uh, and and I would be remiss if I did not say something today. And and what I want to do is just talk about the evil that we have in the world Um, specifically experienced in El Paso and in Ohio um, this weekend where 20 plus have died, um, more than 50 injured as people, uh, like in El Paso, people, there there were uh, estimated to be 3,000 people in that Walmart, in that shopping center. And a guy walks into Walmart and just opens fire, um, and out of all the death we've seen this weekend, uh, uh, the youngest of which was a two-year-old. Um, my heart is heavy for those families who are waking up today um, with less family, with hurt, with questions. And um, for many of us in here, you know, it's hard to reconcile that with God. You know, many people would say, if God is so good, why do things like this happen? Um, But if you recognize there's a presence of a good God, you have to also recognize the presence of a very real and evil Satan. And these are sick people. But what I want to do this morning, if you you will, I want to pray for these families and for these communities uh, who are suffering through loss this morning. So would you pray with me? Father... I come before you aching, aching for families, moms and dads, grandparents and friends, communities and households that are forever scarred and marred by what has happened the last couple days. And the one thing I am secure in knowing, Father, is that you are the answer. God, that you hear their cries. You are not far from them. You are not far from Texas and Ohio this morning. God, you are there. And so my my request today, God, our request is that you would surround with your presence these families, these kids that can't make sense of it, these communities, these churches that are serving in these areas, Lord, would you just bring peace and strength? 
Would you help them wade through these fires, these trying times, knowing that there is an answer, there is a comfort, there is a shelter that they can run into, and his name is Jesus. We love you, God, and we lean on you. We lean on you and trust you fully. In Christ's name, everyone said, amen. Um, Romans chapter 12. As I was preparing for this series, I, um, I was asking myself a question. Have you ever asked yourself questions and then also answer those questions? But sometimes you answer them out loud. I was in the car with Macy a couple days ago. And so when, when I have to have good conversations or bad conversations in life, like I, I talk them out of my mouth before I actually talk to the person. Okay, so um, in the car, Kirsten had just called me, and so she was on Bluetooth. And uh, so we were talking away. And then after I got off the phone, I went into a conversation I needed to have. But it was coming out of my mouth. And so Macy is in the back seat, and she says, Dad, Daddy, are you talking to me or Mommy or yourself? And I said, baby, I'm sorry. I'm talking to myself. She's like, good, because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I need to. I need to think through these things. So I was asking myself a question, and the question was this. What, if, what kind of church does Transformation Church want to be? And in asking myself that question, there was a little hole, okay? And so we have so many faithful people that serve around here and do incredible things. And I'm going to have some snapshots of some, of, I've caught a few people serving just at will. They, no one asked them. They were just serving. And so I'll show you some of those pictures in the weeks to come. But what I don't want our church to become is you come, you throw us $5 for a song and a sermon. And then you go home. I do not believe you can experience the gospel, the good news of Christ fully, until you not only receive it, but you give it. And so over the next few weeks, I want to talk about what it looks like not just to receive and be blessed, and all that is good, and I'm glad you're here. And some of you, I just want you to sit and be blessed. But for some who have been coming over the next few weeks, you're going to get opportunities to not only receive the gospel, but give it, to put it out. And Romans 12 is where I ended up landing. Um, in chapters, just to give you a picture we're in chapter 12, but chapters 1 through 11 basically break down God, sin, and salvation. That's all chapters 1 through 11. It's this detailed account of who God is, what sin is, what sin looks like, and then how God planned on redeeming us. And then we have in chapter 12, if you're there with me, it says, in some of your versions it will say, therefore. In this version it says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. So, in light of everything, in chapters 1 through 11, Paul is writing this letter and he says, therefore. So, because of all that, this is how 
we should interpret 12. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find excess, uh, uh, acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Okay, so have you ever asked yourself a question, what a living sacrifice would look like? Now, in this time when Paul's writing this letter, the word sacrifice would mean something very different than living. It would mean dead. It would mean that people would bring sacrifices and kill them um, to atone for their sins, right? So, but that's death. So now that Christ has come, he's, he's painted this picture that Christ has come, he, he paid the final debt for you. Now you are to be, in light of all that, a living sacrifice. I could not figure out and, and, and really hadn't asked myself the question what living sacrifice would look like. But as I began to read this phrase, this is truly the way to worship him. In the Greek, the word worship means to serve him. So this is, you ready? This is how you really serve God. Every day that you live, you give up you. Which in 2019 in America, I can't believe I, I, I'm even preaching this from the pulpit, but I'm, I'm telling you, the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is motive. It's motivations. Um, I have all kinds of friends that are really good guys. And, and many, many of you know people who are just good, right? They donate to charity. Um, they, they don't do bad things. I know some people who aren't Christians who live live better moral, ethical lives than some Christians I know. Anybody know anybody like that? You know just good people who don't know Jesus? Can't make sense of it? Their motivations are different, though, than a Christian. A motivations for somebody who just lives good outside of raising is they believe that if they do good, <coughs> God will give them a little nudge right through the door. Oh, I lived a good life. I'm a good person. Um, so I'll, I'll get in that way. I'll get in that way. I'll just be good. But for a Christian, our motivations are different because we are doing the things we're doing in light of Christ and what he did. And if this is news for you, let me explain what Christ did for you. You owed something you could not pay. You ever owe something you can't pay? Mm -hmm. He paid it for you. And not with something out of his wallet, but with his son, Jesus Christ. God paid your debt. Well, what did I owe? A life full of rebellion and sin against him. And if you think, well, I've been a good person, just compare yourself to God and not your neighbor. Oftentimes we have this habit of, of comparing our goodness to everybody else's terribleness. Of course you can look good in light of everyone else. But listen to me. What Christ did is miraculous. 
And for those of you who have come this morning and think that you have no value to bring, Christ would say otherwise. There was enough value that he sent his son to die for you. And so we have, in light of all that, living, being a living sacrifice would look like me giving up my ability to decide what I want to do. To live my life the way I want to live it. Because in light of what he has done, I want to live for him. So constantly, daily. We see it earlier in the New Testament where Christ says to take up our cross, right? And, and follow him. The cross is, is a symbol of death and dying to oneself. Pick up your cross. Die to yourself and follow me. So it's the same concept that we are to live as sacrifices, now, uh, many of us have control issues in here today, and so you, you want to do what you want to do with life, and God will fit in there somewhere. But I've come to tell you that in response to the death of Christ on the cross, your response should be, I want to serve him. I want to not only receive it, but I want to give it. In verse 2, he says, don't copy the behavior of the world, the behavior and customs of the world, but let God, everybody say, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In order to be a living sacrifice, what it requires is a change of thought. A change of motivations, a mindset change, that you are no longer your own. Let, let me rewind. You were, you were purchased. You were bought with a price. And so now, you are no longer your own. If you choose to accept Christ. Now look, this is a choice for everybody. And if you've come today thinking that the Bible is just a good way to live, this, is how, this impacts your eternity, folks. This, what we're preaching here today not only helps in how we live day to day, but there is an eternity after this that you will have to answer for how you live. And I would be a bad pastor if I didn't tell you. Um, but the beauty is that the reason we can behave not behave and act like the world is because Christ transforms us here. There's this, I grew up in a very charismatic environment where we had to do, we had to do more than we had to believe. So I was judged on my Christian walk by how well I performed, not how much I loved Jesus. And so this is what it produced. It produced a guy who could never get it right. I was never nailing it. I was always concerned. I was like, man, this is terrible. I can't, I can't obey anything the Bible says to do. I must be the worst sinner there is. But what verse 2 tells us, and this, this could be transformative for somebody in here today. You need to fall and transform your mind within Christ before behavior ever becomes something that's possible. 
If you've come here today and you're trying, trying, trying to white knuckle and be a good person because you know that's what the Bible demands, but you are not pursuing loving and knowing Christ more, you will never achieve it. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so let me just paint this picture. If you've come in frustrated because you, you can't check all the boxes, you can't get it all right all the time, it's okay. You need to love him more and you'll obey him more. I promise that's how it goes. That's all this scripture says is that be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the KJV. That's all we memorized when I was growing up. If you're below the age of 30 in here, say whoop. All right. <laughs> Two of them are asleep, so it's fine. It's <laughs> been battling. Anybody been sick? Yeah, I'm still shaking it. If you're below 30, I get this question more from the below 30 crowd than any crowd around. And they will say, Carl, how do I know? And maybe some, some older than, than that would ask this question. How do I know the will of God for my life? You ever ask that question? How do I know what God wants me to do? And the Bible tells you right here, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. It's right there in black and white. The way you know what God wants you to do is by allowing him to change the way you think. Because as long as you're guiding your own thoughts and opinions, you're going to go your way. I mean, that's it. You can never see what God has for you in your own mind. And then we have verses 3 through 8. Now listen, I'm going to move here pretty quick. Let me get my phone because otherwise we could be here all afternoon. And my in-laws want to go on vacation. They don't want to sit here and listen to me talk. If y'all notice that nice camper in the back, that's them. They're ready to go when they get out of here. Verses 3 through 8 paints this picture um, of what it looks like to worship God truly. Okay, so you... You want to worship God truly. You want to know what his will for you is. It says right here, we've got to serve him. And the way we're able to serve him is by a transformed mind. Verse 3, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Everybody say warning. Now some of you ignore warning signs. Or signs in general, like speed limits and stop signs. Um, that would be me. I believe stop signs are suggestions when I'm making a right turn. So I just, I'm just kidding. My wife hates when I, I just, she, my wife wants to feel her head hit the back of the headrest to prove I stopped. And I'm, there's no one here. It's 10 o'clock at night. There's no one here. So I just, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. And maybe I need to ask forgiveness for it. I don't know. But the Lord hadn't convicted me on it yet, so I'm, I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit, I'll be honest. I love you, baby. Thank you. He's giving us a warning here. Don't think you are better than you really are. So here we are, back, back at it again. Listen, don't, 
don't pump yourself up too much. You're not doing so great. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by what? The faith God has given us. That's how we measure by God's faith. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are, everybody say we are, many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. Verse 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with much faith as God has, uh, as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you teach, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Many of us come to the table or come to church and say, well, I've heard many excuses why people don't serve in the church. Um, but probably the most prominent is I, I don't have anything to offer. I mean, what, what can I do? I, I really don't do anything special. And what he is breaking down here is, look, we've transformed our minds the way we serve God, the way we worship God is by giving our bodies, giving ourselves to him. And this is why. This is why it's important. Because he has wired each of you. Look at me. He has wired each of you to serve this body. So if you come here and you are not serving, hear me this morning. If you come here and you're not serving, we're missing something. Because God has wired you the way you are to serve and glorify Him. This is what's so exciting. Um, people think, well, I can't play an instrument or I can't preach. I don't public speak. Listen to this list. If you can encourage others, be encouraging. You know that's a gift. Leadership ability is a gift. Showing kindness. Now listen, this isn't just a, a normal like being a nice to someone else. God has gifted you at being kind to other people. You might know this because people are like, why are you being so nice to them? There is something for you to do here that will use your gifts. I don't know what you're individually gifted at this morning, but hear me when I say... If you are not serving here, what Christ, what Paul is telling us is that the church, this church, Transformation Church, is not fully doing everything we could, to, we could do without you. Now, some of you, and I don't know who it is, but. Let me let me let me just tell you a story. Growing up in church um, was complicated in some fashions for for me and my family. So my mom's in the back, my brother's in the back. So if I'm lying, they'll tell you. 
there, there were people growing up when I was in high school that no, none of you would ever know. And in fact, many people in the churches we, the church we went to, you know, they they probably slide under the radar. And I can vividly remember car rides with people who would just come pick us up to come to church. They weren't doing anything special. They just came and picked me up, and they loved on me. They loved on my family. They encouraged us. They weren't preachers. They weren't worship leaders. They weren't deacon chairmans. You know what they were? They were people being obedient and serving God with what he had gifted them to do. My favorite Sunday, I just had this conversation, my favorite Sunday school teacher in high school was a guy named Kenny. Kenny, Kenny Belint. I don't know if any of you know him or not. Had, this was back in the day when I had the same Sunday school teacher for years. People, don't, people want to serve on rotation now. They don't want to like plug in and just teach. So that's why I'm thankful for so many people here that just teach, teach, teach. Kenny, where did Kenny work? Did he work at DuPont or something like that? Yeah, I think Kenny worked at DuPont. Some of you may have worked at DuPont. One of our elders worked at DuPont. Major Hokie fan. But let me tell you something. And I don't know that he was all that gifted of a teacher. But his, he always brought donuts. And maybe this is where it started. <laughs> now that I'm... I'm, I'm coming... I'm having a, like a therapy moment. That's it! He poured. Let me tell you something about Kenny. I never heard a bad word come out of Kenny's mouth. And he was just, his love for the Lord. Hear this. Now, check this out. His love for the Lord was contagious to me contagious to me. Just you loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, and strength. You don't know how that overflows. Now, he could have loved the Lord at home, watching Joel Osteen. He could have loved the Lord in all kinds of ways, but he loved the Lord publicly within the body of Christ in a way that made me love Christ more. This is, why, this is why each of you is so important to the body. So don't, don't think that just, just these little things, that, that they don't amount to anything. They do. You do. In verse 9, he says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Don't just pretend to do, don't just do these things. Because you think you, you get a good picture out of it. Because people are going to give you a high five for being such a good person. Don't just fakely do it. The Bible says don't just pretend. Actually love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Never be lazy, but work hard. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. 
Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Here he has a a, a generalization, and and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But we don't want a fake version of you. We just want you to be you. The good and the bad, okay? We'll take both. You know, Paul also tells us to bear one another in love. And can I just be honest with you? Some of you are tough, okay? Some of you are tough. You're heavy. You're heavyweight um, to bear. And sometimes I can be that to some, some people. But don't be fake around here. Not at Transformation Church. This is not a place where I want you to come in, give me a high five, and tell me, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and you've got hell breaking loose in your home. We not only want you to be genuine, but we want to genuinely love you. And then there's this weird section, and I'm going to close here here in like five minutes. Give me five minutes, and then we're going to take communion. This is a weird section. So we, we've got, okay, so I have to transform my mind and be a living sacrifice. So God's going to help me behave. He's going to help me obey. He's going to help me do these things when he renews and makes me a new person. And my response, hear me, the response to Jesus loving you is loving others, is serving. Okay? That's what he says. Be a part of the body. And don't be fake. And then in verse 14, he decide, Paul decides he needs to throw a curveball and, and just overly clarify the hardness of serving. He takes it to the next level. Bless those who persecute you. Huh. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. That's pretty raw. He's getting at the heart of it. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take, this is verse 19, leave, uh, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, and he's quoting, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. It is not always easy to love and serve people who you feel like don't deserve it. Or even worse, to love, serve, and pray for those who have intentionally brought evil into your life. And here he is saying... I don't, I don't just want you to serve, but in lieu of what Christ, in, 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 not in lieu, but in, in picture of what Christ has done for me, when you serve, 
Don't be picky about who you're serving. Don't just serve the people who it's easy to serve. (coughs) Serve those who persecute you and come after you. Because our, our, our natural give back here is that we want God to pay them back for the evil they've done. It's so easy to look at Texas and Ohio and say, God, I hope, I hope bad things happen to that shooter and his family. It's so easy to, to look at somebody who has hurt you and say, God, I hope the worst comes to them for what they did to me. And what Paul calls us to in light of that is to bless them, to pray for them, to love them, and to serve them. Hey, this isn't easy. Hear me again. This is not easy. Let the Lord leave justice up to the Lord. Instead, this is what 20 says, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Why serve? Why serve? Why serve? Verse 21. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. As we get ready to take communion today, can can I tell you something? I was an active agent warring against Christ with my my decisions, with my choices. I, I chose to sin against Him. I chose to put Him. I was an enemy. I was. Hear me. You. We're an enemy of God. And he conquered that evil by doing good for you. Hear me. He he does good for you. You live well. And and as we take communion and we remember today, I just want to tell you that the reason we serve, the reason we do the things we do is remembering the body that was broken for you the way he served you on the cross, the blood he shed to make a new covenant for you. If you're wondering why serve, why look for opportunities to plug in here and do, it's not just because you're wired. It's, it's, in res- it, it, it's because God wired you to work in the body, but it's in response to the cross. In response to the cross and the gospel that was freely and abundantly given to you. So as they get ready to serve the elements this morning, would you just, they're going to sing, would you just ask God to cleanse you, to to work in your heart and, and reveal to you where he would like you to serve. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. 
For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.